You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. So just as I was uh, spending time with the Lord, which I often do, hallelujah, because there's nothing better than spending time with the Lord. If you don't, start. And don't make excuses for not being able to. I don't have time or I have kids. It's, it's actually in those. That's why I like to, to share with you that every word is profitable and that you can take one word from the word of God and you can begin to meditate on it and think about it and ingest it and digest it and and the Lord will begin to speak to you, and he'll begin to encounter you, and he'll begin to reveal his life-giving goodness to you. So there is always time. There's always time. There's always time. There's time when we're just, I don't know, doing the monotonal daily routine that we can invite the Lord in and just say, I want to meditate on something, I don't know what, we all know, there's those verses, those verses that we all know, just start, start meditating on those, that one verse that you know, or that part of the verse that you know, and watch how the Lord will make it come alive to you. So I was just, um, last week, Pastor talked about uh, being an apostolic people while well, I did it for two weeks. And if you haven't listened to those messages, I encourage you to go back and listen to those messages because it is going to invigorate you and, and show you just who you are, who God has called you to be, an apostolic people, a people who take the word and they go and they affect change and they see um, transformation in their own life and they see it in the life around them. And so part of what the Lord was just sharing with me is just kind of deepening that, and it's kind of the how we are. We are an apostolic people, but how do I take what is inside of me and get it out of me? And it's, and it's with this pioneering spirit. We are all pioneers. We are all pioneers. We are all called to go and affect change, and to go and see something different. Hallelujah. And so I was just reading in 1 Timothy 1.15. Actually, we're going to pull up. Um, let's start in verse 13. We're going to read 1 Timothy 4, 13 through 16. And it says, um, well, I'm just going to read what I have. Is it up there yet? 1 Timothy Four, thirteen through sixteen. I might have told her First Timothy one fifteen. My bad. Anyways, so till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Now this is the verse that I want you to see. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. 
And then verse 16 says, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And if you saw my Bible, I, I read this and it like hit me so hard. And I wrote next to this, I said, a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle. And then I wrote that this may in fact be how legacy is lived out that we take what is in us and we begin to have it change us and then we see it go forward. So in verse 15, it says, meditate on yourself, give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all, that your progress may be evident to all the things that the Lord is doing in you or maybe not anything's happening at all. It is evident Whenever you start meditating on the word of God, whenever you start ingesting and digesting it and saying, God, I want you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know those great and mighty things. I, I want to know. I want to know who you are. I want to see your goodness. Whenever we start doing that, all of a sudden, we ourselves begin to be transformed. And that is progress in the, you know, Merriam-Webster di uh, Dictionary defines progress as forward movement, advancement. We are called to be people who are advancing forward, who are making progress. We're supposed to be the ones who are not only affecting change, but we are the ones who are supposed to be driving the change. We are supposed to be the ones who are setting the culture. Hallelujah. Not the ones who are being subculture. We are supposed to be the culture. So our progress is so important. Our advancement is so important. And this is, in essence, the pioneering spirit. And whenever, you know, I just, so I'm, I'm going to expound. I'm going to show you how one word, one word amongst all of these verses can be taken and just dug, 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 dig, dig. Like you can take one word from the Lord and he can reveal so much to you. And so what I just did, what I just said was, Lord, how, how, how can my progress be seen? What, what does that look like? How do I actually give myself entirely to the doctrine and the reading and the exhortation? Like, how do I do that? And so I was just looking up this word progress. I am not even going to try to pronounce the Greek word, um, but it's 4297. And then underneath, it just says progress advancement, forward movement, hallelujah. And in the word study, I love this. I'm going to just read a little bit to you. It says, properly advance, literally advancement by chopping down whatever impedes progress. This is what pioneers did. They did not stop. They didn't stop because there was something in their way. They said, we're going to make the way. And somebody, we have to be the people who are willing to say, I'm going to make the way because actually we know that God has already made the way for us. We're just going and foraging the way here on this earth with him. And so if I keep reading, it says, for the believer, this means going forward in sanctification, cutting through obstacles by the Lord's power. Hallelujah. And it says the, the root 
I am not going to try to pre pronounce it, but it is also used in anti, oh, I can't even, anti, I said it yet right the other day, antiquity. So this is just old ancient things of pioneers and armies clearing away, chopping down forests in order to reach their destination. Hallelujah. That is, in essence, who we are. That is what is on the inside of us. We have a pioneering spirit within us. We have an advancing spirit within us. We have a forward-moving spirit within us. Let me just tell you that there's no such thing as standing still. Life is always going on, and instead of letting life happen to us, what happens if we are the ones that happen to life? If you're not going forward, then you're going backwards. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the person who is going backwards. I want to be the person who is going forward. But I go forward knowing that I don't have to do it by myself. I don't, I'm not alone in this. I have the spirit of the living God on the inside of me. And the spirit of the living God on the inside of me will help me to do all the things that it is that he wants me to do. And why is this so important? A pioneering spirit is so important. Because if you look at verse 16, it says that when you continue in them, that not only will you save yourself, you will save those who hear you. There are people all around who hear your voice, who are in your circles, who you are called to help and see go forward. And by them seeing your progress, they are able to grab hold of that and say, if it's possible for you, then it can be possible for me too. Hallelujah. So guess what? You matter. You matter. You matter so much to the Lord. Your life matters and your story is important. And one thing that I love about the word of God is that he, 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 um, he showed us that everybody's story is important because you have Matthew, you have Mark, you have Luke, and you have John, four different people who had almost the same stories, but they told it in their perspective because their viewpoint, it mattered. So your story, it matters to God, and your story can affect change in other people's lives. And I will tell you that word saved there is the word sozo. And it means healing, prosperity, deliverance. It's God's rescue plan. It's God's rescue plan for the world. You, you making forward movement, you having progress is God's rescue plan for the world. Hallelujah. Woo. All right. So think about pioneers. They were purpose-driven. They had drive. They had passion. They wanted something different. They were tired of being, you know, and, and I think about uh, um, the early American pioneers where they were, they were tired of being in the 13 colonies, and they knew that there was great land out ahead, and they wanted to go and see it. 
and they didn't stop at anything. They made provision and they decided, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I want more. I want something different. There has to be more. And we need that perspective, especially with the Lord, that there is more and that there is different, that there is a vastness of possibility. (laughs) That we need to um, trust God at deeper levels. We need an expansion of faith. And this, this is a time where he really wants to reveal that to us, that we can trust him and that he can expand our faith. Hallelujah. And we, as believers, get to say that it is not by might and it is not by power, but it is by the spirit of the Lord, which is one of the attributes of being an ap- ap- apostolic people is that we are spirit-led The spirit of God lives on the inside of us. And if we acknowledge him, he will lead us. Hallelujah. So I have 12 attributes of this pioneering spirit. So just put on your listening ears. And I believe that God is going to just begin to speak to you and show you things that you need to know, things that you need to see, not, listen, there is no shame. There is no condemnation. That is the territory of the enemy. And if he can keep you stuck and in shame and in fear and in condemnation, then you can't go anywhere. And that's right where he wants you to be. But the Lord says, by my spirit, by my spirit, I will lead you and I will take you and I will show you and lead you into doing great and mighty things. All these plans and all these purposes that I have seen before the beginning of time. So number one is saying, remember, as a pioneering people and as a people of forward advancement, these are things that we need to develop within ourselves. They need to be core ideologies, just just mindsets, have you will, that quitting isn't an option. Quitting isn't an option. And our greatest example is Jesus. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, and we all are so familiar with this. Therefore, we also, since we are so surrounded, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with an endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, this is being spirit-led, the author and finisher of our faith. And so that word, he's the author and he's the finisher. But in one translation, it says that he is the pioneer. Jesus was a pioneer. He had this forward moving, or he he was forward moving. He was always advancing because he knew the kingdom of God is to go forward. He knew the kingdom of God is advancement and that he is the one preparing the way. So because of that, we know quitting isn't an option. We can go forward. We don't have to let anything hold us back. If we look unto Jesus then we can continue to go forward. The second one is keep the end in mind. We have to always set our 
our, our mind on the things at the end. Where are we going so that we have an, a direction that we're actually going towards? And it says, Jesus, the finisher. Jesus had a race to finish. We have a race to finish. And here is the beautiful thing. If you haven't started, it's okay. It's never too late to start. And sometimes it's not how we start, but it is how we finish. Hallelujah. And Jesus is a finisher. So if we keep the end in mind, then we will have direction and we will have purpose and we can know Jesus finished. So if Jesus finished and his spirit lives on the inside of me, then guess what? I can finish too. Number three, endurance is built along the way. You can't You don't just have all the endurance you need right at the beginning, right? We know this, like just working out. You don't lift the heaviest weight so many times at the beginning. You have to start somewhere. That's the key. Start somewhere. Never despise the times of small beginnings. Never say, I'm not doing enough or um, actually getting yourself into comparison, Comparison is a thief, and it will rob you of what God has called you to be. What we need to do, and which Pastor talked about this last week or the week before, is celebrate other people. Because whenever you celebrate what is happening in somebody else, it should stir faith in you that you can continue and go on. But not compare yourself as, they're way far down, and I'll never be where they're at. Guess what? Maybe that's not your journey. That isn't your story to be where they're at. Your story is to set your eyes upon Jesus and say, God, where are we going? And let me be set on that course. Hallelujah. And as you keep taking one step after another, day by day, all of a sudden, you're way down the road. And you're like, how did I get that strong? How did I build all that endurance? It's because you didn't quit. Because remember, you developed this mindset of quitting. Is it an option? (laughs) Hallelujah. And we have this verse, and I love quoting it all the time. I can do, and I tell this to my kids because we homeschool. And so sometimes when you're learning new things, guess what? It's hard. And it hurts your mind a little bit. And I said, huh, I tell them all the time they don't like it. Guess what? Your brain hurts. That is good. That means you're learning something, right? When your muscles are fatigued, it means that you use them, right? Whenever your body is, is weak, it means that you, you have worked. You went forward. And so I say, I can do all things because God gives me the strength. And it isn't even supposed to be about my might or my ability, but by about the ability of Christ in me. Whenever I am weak, he is strong, right? And I love in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, it says Paul is saying, I was hard pressed on every side, but I wasn't crushed. I was struck down, but I'm not destroyed. And we need to take that posture that even if I'm pressed on, I am still here. I am still standing. And guess what? I can do hard things. Hallelujah. We were made to be able to endure. And so we have to put on that mindset that even when the the tough way, it's like when the when it gets tough, we keep going, right? I can't think of that phrase. <laughs> That it's okay. 
it is okay because God is with us and he is in us and he's all around us. Next, obviously, number four is forward movement, kingdom advancement, increase and expansion. And I know I quote Isaiah 9, 7 all the time, but it's the increase of his government the increase of his government. He has a plan, y'all. He has a plan, and you can be a part of it. Forward advancement, kingdom advancement, expansion. And in Genesis 1:28, it says that he blessed them, and he said, be fruitful and multiply, subdue, have dominion. So we are called to we're, because we're blessed, we're the blessed of the Lord to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, have dominion. That is advancement. Hallelujah. Number five, and some of us are not going to like this because this is, it's easy to do. Excuse, we have to say no more excuses. The pioneers when they decided that they wanted to go west, they didn't make any excuses. They did what they needed to do, and they said, we're going to do this, and they, they made it happen. It's like when we get our mindset like flint, when we're looking unto Jesus, when we know that we have the Spirit of God in us, it should give us this that nothing is going to stop me from doing and accomplishing all the things that it is that God said that I would do and accomplish. So I'm not going to be a person who makes excuses. One time, I, and I, I say this often, I don't know if I quote it right, but it just, it stuck with me. And if you're making excuse, you can just say, and that's the way I like it. Because Basically, essentially, we're saying, I, I'm fine. I'm fine staying where I'm at. It's, I'm fine without making any changes. I'm fine with not developing new mindsets. I'm fine with um, not saving anybody because my story is important. I'm fine with listening to the enemy tell me lies. No, no, don't be fine with that. Don't make any excuses. Don't partner with the enemy's plan for you. Partner with the plan of the Lord. Number six. So let's see. I said here we have um, one, quitting isn't an option. Two, keep the end in mind. Three, endurance is built along the way. Four, forward movement. Five, no excuses. Number six. We have to grab a hold of this. And I know this is language that we say all the time, but we look to the solution, not the problem. Whenever a problem arises, it should not cause us to shrink back. We have the spirit of the living God. And I keep saying that on the inside of us. And he knows all things, all things each and every part of each and everything. He knows. And when we call to him and we ask him to reveal things to us, he will reveal things to us. That means then we carry solutions. Sometimes we're unwilling to stop, settle ourselves down, push all the chaos away and say, you have the solution? What is it, Lord? And listen, he will speak to you. You'll get a quickening about something, and, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, 
That works. Hallelujah. Um, so that, a new language we have developed is saying, guess what? You need to write this down. You need to highlight it. You need to bold it. This needs to become what comes out of your mouth all the time whenever a problem arises. It's no problem. It's no problem. And when it's no problem, you'll stop reacting to what's happening. And then you can respond because you're not all like, ah, crazy because you're like, I don't know what's happening and I don't know what to do and how is this happening to me and why is this happening to me? And that's like a victim mentality. And when we can stop and say, it is not a problem. It's not a problem. I carry a solution. I have the solution. We are people who should be able to go to into any situation in our workplaces, in our jobs, in our schools, and when a problem arises, say, I have the solution. I know the solution because I know who lives on the inside of me. In 2 Peter 1, 3, it says, His divine power has given, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Life and godliness. That life is Zoe life. That is the abundant life that he came and provided for us. Remember, it's not that we go by our power or our might, but it's that we go by his spirit. And when we are spirit-led and we invite him in by looking unto him and calling to him, he will give us the solution. Number seven, this is so important, I hit on it a little bit, is that we need to have a posture of rest. We are people who are not called to be chaotic and reactionary and uh, all the time. We are settled people. We are stable people. You need to speak that over yourself. I am stable because of the Spirit of God. I am settled because of the Spirit of God. And I am going to posture myself in a place of rest. And how you're able to posture yourself in a place of rest is because you know your position. Ephesians, let's pull up Ephesians 2 and 5 and 6. It says, um, even when we were dead in trespasses, we, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit. We sat down. He raised us up. He elevated us to the high position with him. And we sat together. We're not sitting alone, you guys. We're not by ourselves. We are sitting with Christ where? In heavenly places. In heavenly places. That is far above. Far above. Far above. You know what kind of perspective that is? The best perspective. It's where we can come back and be like, I'm going to see at a new way, at new heights. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A little side nugget, too, about rest. Rest is so important. Now, there's a difference between rest and laziness, remember. 
We're not, not doing anything, just whatever, but we're rested. We're not chaotic in our mind. We have peace because we have the peace of God. We have a sound mind. We're not led by fear. We're not led by what's happening in the world because you guys, you have to remember what is happening in this world. It, I mean, we can see it, we can acknowledge it, but it should not be the driving force. It should not be the only perspective that we have. We have to say, I'm seated in heavenly places. I have the perspective of God. God, what is your perspective here? How is it that you are seeing here? How do I need to agree with what it is that you say and not what it is that the world is saying? So there's two kinds of rest. There is physical rest and emotional rest. And Jesus, on the seventh day, I mean, God on the seventh day, after he spent all this time creating, he rested. He rested. He rested, and not only did he rest, but he reflected on everything that he made. And don't you think that he enjoyed creation, that he enjoyed looking and seeing how beautiful everything is? So part of our physical rest, not only should we just be sitting down and relaxing and resting our bodies, but we should be reflecting on the goodness of God. We should be reflecting on all the things that, that are good in our life. And all and, and enjoying them. We should have enjoyment in our life, you guys. We should be people who enjoy life. Hallelujah. So emotional rest, where we're not striving, where we have joy in the journey. And and knowing that Jesus, he is the Sabbath. He is our rest. He is our peace. And if you look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, let's pull that up. It says, come to me all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Your souls, there's your mind, your will, your emotion. It's the place where we oftentimes are not at rest, where we're not at peace, where we're letting the world, we're letting the enemy, we're letting trauma, we're letting past, we're letting the what ifs wreak havoc. And we just need to say, stop. I'm going to rest in Jesus. I'm going to rest in who he says that I am. I'm going to rest in who he is. And I'm going to stop striving. I'm going to stop trying to figure out every little detail because I know we're supposed to keep the end in mind, but that doesn't mean we know every step. We have to enjoy the journey, and we have to know that God is with us, which leads me to point number eight, adventure. We should have fun in life. We should have fun. If you are not having fun in life, if you are not enjoying life, you need to stop and you need to ask the Lord, what, what is going on that I do not enjoy my life and that I'm not having any fun? How come? How come? How come? We have to enjoy life. What is the point if we don't have joy? If we don't have peace, if we're not resting, if we're only working and striving and trying to figure out every little detail, we're not going to have fun. 
the Lord has been speaking so much to me about joy. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness is we know that we are right with God. Know that you are right with God. You don't have to do anything other than accept Jesus to be right with God. And because Jesus came, we have peace. He settled everything. We're not receiving any punishment or shame or guilt. That's not from the Lord. We have rest and we can go right into his throne room and receive love and affection and all the things from God. And then it says joy. Joy. We have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. So joy is supposed to be not only a part of your life, but a functioning part of your life. That is kingdom living. That is the heart of God. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, this needs to become a lens in which you see through, a lens of joy. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that's hard. (laughs) Because sometimes life does not seem very joyful. Our things that are going on don't seem very happy. But we can put on the lens with the Lord, with the Spirit of God, and say, I need this joy lens, God. I need a joy lens. And also, joy is an attitude of heaven. When we get to heaven one day, and we should know, like, we shouldn't experience culture, culture shock when we get to heaven. We should be able to live heaven on earth. That is Zoe life, heaven on earth. And so joy is an attitude of heaven. Everything in heaven will be full of joy. So let's adapt that attitude. Hallelujah. Number nine. Be okay with the unknown. I know that's hard because there's so much mystery. And we're in our human nature. We want to know everything. We want to figure everything out. We need to know, especially some of you need to know A, B, C, D, E, F, G, the whole, the whole thing. We need it all lined up. I have to execute A, and then I can move to B, and then C, and then what happens if B gets messed up? And then you have to, you have to be okay with some unknown. It's okay. And I, I remember the first time that I read Hebrews, talking um, Hebrews 8. Let's pull that up about Abraham. And there's a song by a mosaic is called The Unknown. You should check it out. It's so good. But it's just, it's talking about this. I'll read it. It's not Hebrews 11, 8. And it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. But guess how he went out? He went out not knowing where he was going. He just knew he couldn't stay. He knew he had to leave. And sometimes I feel like the Lord is pulling us. He's saying, will you trust me? Will you be led by me? Will you keep your eyes on me? And will you just go? And I'll tell you when you get there. (laughs) And I will lead you along the way. And I will encounter you along the way. And I will lead people to you along the way that I want you to minister to. And I want to minister to you. And all that, like, 
We have to be okay with some. No, we don't have to figure it all out because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. If we put on that mindset, greater are you, God, greater are you. And as long as my eyes are on you, I will go and I will follow you. Abraham went, this is number 10, without hesitation. You guys, hesitation can be a dream killer because like I said, we, we want to figure everything out. We want to know A through Z and we're not okay with this unknown. Sometimes we're not okay with the mystery and we let the mystery pull us away from the Lord and let instead of us leaning into the Lord. Mystery unknowns are supposed to make us lean in. It's where we develop trust. It's where faith comes in without hesitation. And we see this now. Now. Now is the realm of faith. It says now faith. Now. We go now. Whenever we're going, we know it's his might. It's not our ability. It's in our weakness that he is made strong. So we don't have to know. And here's some things that would cause us not to go. These things cause us hesitation, fear. And we have to know perfect love casts out fear. Fear is not inside the kingdom of God. Fear is actually outside of the realm of faith. And without hesitation is in the realm of faith. So we need to push off the fear and say, fear, you don't get to have me. I'm actually going to embrace some of the mystery because I know the spirit of the living God is on the inside of me. And he is so for me and I will go with him. Sometimes we hesitate because we're, we're confident in our ability, but we're not so confident in his ability. We need to trust him. We need to know that he's good and that he is for us. And sometimes we hesitate because what you're asking me to do, God, is so out of my comfort zone. I don't like that. It is uncomfortable and it's stretching me and I have to rely on you. I have to trust you. I have to hear what it is that you're saying. This right now is very uncomfortable for me, but I have decided that I would say yes to the Lord and do things that aren't comfortable, which is number 11, obedience. Obedience is key. Obedience is saying, yes, Lord, even if I don't understand. Yes, Lord, because I'm being led by you. Yes, Lord, because I trust you. This is something that we all have to declare. I am finding myself more times than often lately saying out of my mouth, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you, God, with my finances. I trust you, God, with my marriage. I trust you, God, with the church. I trust you, God, with your people. I trust you, God, with my children. I trust you, God, with my health. We have to trust God at deeper levels. This is part of what he's asking right now. Will you trust me? He's faithful. He is faithful. 
He is the great I am. It is his nature and character to be good and to be for you and not lead you astray, but lead you in the path of righteousness. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one thing you can count on is that he is faithful. And I love what it says in Hebrews 11, when Sarah accounted God faithful, then she conceived. It wasn't when she, in and of her ability, is when she said, God, you're the faithful one. You're the one who's going to have to do it. I trust you. She conceived. Hallelujah. And number 12 responsibility is taken to do your part to save the hearers that you have gifts and talents and abilities in you that the body of Christ needs you are important your life matters and then we say it is not I well actually the Lord showed me responsibility is when you respond to his ability not your ability, but his ability working through you. And we say, guess what? Guess what? It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about seeing your kingdom advance. It's about your kingdom coming. It's about heaven invading earth. And it's about you needing vessels, you needing hands and feet. And I will be the hands of feet. And all of a sudden, well, maybe not all of a sudden, but you take ownership of your part. And when we take ownership of our part, all we, ha we have a wholly healthy burden. And when we have burden, and a burden is God's manifested heart. It's his heart manifesting. He's saying, um, you have said you're not making it about you, and you have taken responsibility. You have responded to me saying I have ability, and I want to use you, and you're important, and your story matters, and your life matters, and you have gifts, and you have talents. Now I'm going to manifest my heart on you, and we have burden. We see things that need to be done we see people who are hurting who need us to comfort them who need us to speak life to them who need us to bring the solution to the problems and we when we have that burden it creates creates passion and when we have passion we can be moved to go to go do what Let's look at Matthew 28 and 19 and 20, which is the Great Commission. We know this. Go. <laughs> Go. You've taken responsibility. You know who you are. You know that I am good. Your eyes are on me. You trust me. Now go and make disciples. Hallelujah. I'll read Matthew. Let me flip to it here. Matthew 28. This is what pioneering does. This is what drives us and tells us to go. This is what brings the kingdom of God. God can't come back until everybody has heard about him. So we have a job to do. There are many souls that need to be saved. There are many people who need an encounter with God, and you can be the encounter all the time. We're praying for people to encounter God. We're saying, God, I want my family 
only to encounter God will be the encounter. <laughs> Most of the time, he doesn't work outside of using people. Be the people. Be his hands and feet. It says, go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always with us. So let me just run through this list really quick. A pioneering spirit. You have a pioneering spirit. You are people who can go. Your story matters. Your life matters. Number one was quitting. These are mindsets that we need to take on as a pioneer. Quitting isn't an option. We keep the end in mind. Endurance is built along the way. We have forward movement. We stop making excuses. Always, number six, always looking to the solution, not the problem. Number seven, a posture of rest. We have adventure. We're okay with the unknown. We go without hesitation. Obedience is key, and we have taken responsibility. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. I don't know about you, but this has stirred me. This makes me know it is a lifestyle and that what I say matters. What you say matters. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me, I just want to recap really quick on, I got to get to it, um, Timothy, which was uh, 4.15, meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress will be evident to all, and continue in doing them for, by doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.